podcast Austin and Alley. Always, where a Vanderbilt student and a Vanderbilt graduate go through each Austin and Alley episode one by one. I'm Emily. And I'm Abby. And today we're going to talk about the second episode of Austin and Alley, Kangaroos in Chaos. Uh, but first, let's let's get to know each other a little better. Uh, Abby, my uh, get-to-know-you-better question for this week is, what was your sappiest moment or cheesiest moment from this last week? Sappiest moment from this last week. Hmm. Um, that would probably... Well, let's see. Um, so for those of you who don't know, I'm engaged to be married. And it's coming up soon. It's 297 days from today. So, uh, this past week, I was Skyping my fiance and he said, uh, something to the, he was talking about how picky I am. I was complaining about things I don't like, which there's a long list of. And he's like, picky, 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 picky. And I said, well, I picked you, didn't I? And then he just glared at me and was like, you can't do that. It's a cheap <laughs> shot. I said, I can. I can be sweet if it makes you stop making fun of me. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> so that was probably my sappiest moment of this week. Oh, that's awesome. How about you, Emily? <laughs> well, the reason I thought of this question... Is this morning I was driving to work, and uh, there's a a fire truck like with the sirens blaring that drove by, and it was like a two lane road, and there was a car in front of me and two cars behind me, and I like pulled over to the side and stopped like you're supposed to, mm-hmm. and the person in front of me did, and the people behind me did, and the fire truck went by, and I like teared up. I was like, isn't it beautiful that like we stop for a fire truck to pass us by, and that like you know like this is like. A team effort we've decided as a society that's worth doing is that we're going to pull aside when someone's going to help someone else. So I was like, this is silly. I'm like tearing up over this. This is ridiculous. But. <laughs> Pause real quick. Yeah. Yeah, no worries. That's cool. Someone coming to rent the apartment after you move back to school? Uh. Eventually, yes, and someone's coming over later tonight. I thought it was going to be after this, and it will be. She needs me to kill a spider. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, awesome. Do you have a summary for us, Abby? Yes, I do. Well, this is Hangers and Chaos, Season 1, Episode 2. It's been a month since Austin's first video double tape went viral, launching him to stardom. And he is growing weary of being mistaken for the boy from a dog food commercial. Because of this, he pressures Allie to hurry with the new song that she's writing. Allie's haste and poor penmanship lead to hijinks, including Trish's borrowing a pro wrestler's jacket from work and Desi's ordering a kangaroo. Things go terribly wrong when the jacket, which belongs to a guy named Face Puncher, not really a great guy to borrow a jacket from, is covered in caramel and the kangaroo escapes. In the end, however, Trish gets a hundred people to go to Sonic Boom to watch Austin perform by promising them they can get their picture taken with a kangaroo. Des recovers the kangaroo, Allie writes a great song, and Austin puts on a great performance. However, Trish's incompetence shrinks Space Puncher's jacket and turns it pink which almost gets Austin punched in the face. 
as you might guess, but Mad Dog, Face Puncher's daughter, loves the jacket and recognizes Austin, proving that, unlike the Oneaters, Austin is not just a one-hit wonder. And that's the episode. Wow. Wow. Uh, well, well done again on the summary. I, I like your summaries. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, uh... I could agree. And also... Put a yeah. great thought to those. Yeah. Also, it makes the effort seem... I understand the episode now just better just from hearing your summary. I'm like, oh, that makes more sense. <laughs> uh, well, so let's yeah, dive in... <laughs> let's uh, dive into some defining moments. So. Uh... I have... So I don't have... I still have a few, quite a few. I don't have as many as last time. But one of them is just uh, Austin and Dez's uh, relationship gets a lot more definition. Mm-hmm. So uh, we start out, we open with them playing uh, banjo badminton. Yeah. And they're like, they're totally into it. They're like, this is something that we've decided to do together. And like, even their big a store here is not going to get in the way <laughs> of it, which is, you know, both questionable, but like fun. <laughs> uh, and then they do the face punch together. We're like, uh, Austin pretends to punch Des in the face and he does like the slow motion like uh boxer face uh as well and then uh Des's ideas for the music video while Austin isn't totally in uh he is in for a lot of the craziness such as like well I was thinking the kangaroo could play in the band and Austin's like that's a great idea so I thought like those moments combined into like a defining moment of Austin and Des are good friends, mm-hmm. and they're kind of silly, but they're there for each other, which I thought was, you know, a, a big part of kind of getting a better understanding of their relationship. Yes. One of the ones that I have is um, Austin's performance at the end, when he performs a billion mm-hmm. hits. It's the first time you really get to see Austin's dance skills being put on display. Yeah. In the double take video, it was more oh, look, Austin can play every instrument and sing. Great. Um, In this one, you actually get to see him dance around a little bit, which I think becomes pretty important to Austin's performance later in the show. So I thought that was pretty defining. Yeah, it's like his first real concert, too. Like, he had, like, a concert performance at the Helen show, but that was, like, a TV concert performance, and this is, like, an actual even though theoretically they were there to see the kangaroo, it's like an actual like live concert-ish like performance, which is like a pretty big deal for like, you know, someone to have their first concert. Like, that's yeah. uh, pretty cool. Uh, and we also got to see the, uh, his band, who his, the players of his band who continue to play with him. I don't know if they have names, but he has like the drummer guy and the instruments players people. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, this is that's true. I wonder where those people came from. Did Trish book them? I don't know. Like, is this just his band that he's a part of? They're they're never like they're never explained. I don't think ever. <laughs> he like you know he gives one of them a high five and like you know yeah or two of them a high five and like points at the other one, which is fun. And they continue to always show up, but we never know how he met them or like why they're playing together. And they never rehearse, which, like, I, <laughs> presumably they do rehearse. You just don't see it. But, like, there's never any indication that time is given to him, like, practicing with the people who are, like, you know, yeah, playing the instruments. 
Yeah, it's pretty much just music ex machina. Uh, it's true, last episode too, I guess, like, when they went to the Helen show, they're like, we finished the song! It's like, I guess the people are just gonna know how to perform it when we <laughs> give it to them. <laughs> like, I guess they're just gonna have to, like, you know, be really good at performing, like, you know, without without a rehearsal. But Or maybe they made it t- in time for the rehearsal and we just didn't, like, see that part. <laughs> but <laughs> I guess so. I've never actually thought about that before. Yeah, yeah. I think to some extent we're like meant to assume mm-hmm. that's what's happening. Uh but then like it also just cuts it like a little close like he's up there by himself like practicing the lyrics and his band is like, you know, where what are they doing? Are they like practicing <laughs> without him? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. why is he in the dressing room by himself when his like, you know, he's not a one man performer. He has supporting despite people. what a double take video might lead you to believe. There are not seven Austins. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's not actually how it works. This isn't a superpower, you know, TV show. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Uh, what do you think of the song for our uh, music review? I really love the song Billion Hits. Um, I was actually really disappointed with the show for not including the bridge. The normal thing that modern musicals and modern musical TV shows do with music is put the first verse, the chorus, the bridge, the chorus, done. Okay. Instead of having the whole song, which could have two or three verses. And this particular performance of Billion Hits, it's just the first verse and the chorus. And Yeah, it's really short. Yeah, it's really short. And that just made I love this song, and I hear some of the omitted lyrics from the bridge that I think are just great, and I think really go better with the tone of the episode, with Austin worrying about him being a one-hit wonder, and, you know, hasn't forgotten him. Um, I just think these lyrics are really clever. Call someone, I think this is an emergency. Hey, pull the plug. Austin's blowing up my PC. Every hour, day and night, can't get this rocker out my sight. You can't get me out of your sight. This is the part that I love. You thought that I was gone. Guess that you were wrong, because I just wrote your new favorite song. Aww. (laughs) Mic drop. (laughs) Mic drop. That would have been perfect for that performance, and I just decided not to include it. It makes me so sad. Yeah. Yeah. Still a great performance, though. I love the blue blazer that he wears. Yeah, no, R- Ross Lynch does a great job performing. Like, always, but uh, I guess this yes. is, like, the first time we see him do it. He, he loves it so much. It's so fun to see him, like, love it. Yeah. yeah. Definitely tell. Yeah. Uh, we also had uh, the defining moment of Austin winking and, like, pointing at Allie after the performance, which was nice. Like, a nice, like, oh, they're in this together. Like, you know, yes. they are, like, you know, they are a team. Uh, it's not just Austin sinking, it's also Allie writing. Mm-hmm. And you don't hear it, but another defining thing that comes like around that same point is um, Austin says boom at the end of like most things that he does or performances or like big appearances, especially like dance things. And he sa- like he mouths that at the end of Billion Hits. You can see it. You can't hear it because of all the oh, people really? cheering. Yeah, but he does. Like, when he, like, looks at Allie? Uh-huh. Or, like, just at the end? Oh, well, that's so cool. 
That's such a nice gesture. Uh, should we talk some about our first conflict? I mean, we had conflict last show, but our first, like, uh, team, uh, team conflict about, uh, Austin being worried about his career and blaming Allie to some extent, and... Yes, yes, you start to see Team Austin struggle with what it means to be Team Austin. Because Allie's working with her job at her dad's store and she has that book club to go to and that hundred pound right. book to read by tomorrow. <laughs> um, tomorrow of what year? I love that one. That was a funny joke, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like it too. <laughs> um, and Des wants to shoot the video but he hasn't really figured out what a reasonable video looks like. So he gets a bucket of caramel and a camel. <laughs> um, Trish seems to know what's up with being manager, because she does get those people. But at the expense of her... Oh yeah, I guess that's true. I had thought about Trish's role. I was like, does Trish do her job this episode? But she does. She gets the concert together. Yes, she does. Although she doesn't do her other job, which is why the jacket ends up ruined, shrunken, and pink. <laughs> yeah. And then Allie does write a song. What I thought was interesting um, is at the beginning, they're all worried about her writing the song. So she hurries up and she writes this song that has the lyric, I like it when you hang around. That's the only lyric from that song we're given. And that's the one that ha gets all the confusion with the jacket and the kangaroo. Sure. But then the song Austin performs is a completely different song. What about, so before, when he's in the dressing room, before he goes out, he like sings like, he sings something. And then yes. like Allie gives him the new lyrics. What is he, do we know what he's singing there? Because it also sounds very different than the song he then performs. It's like, I know that I know that, or something like that. It also sounds like, or maybe it, maybe it's the same melody or whatever I did. Match it, it up. It is the same song. It's the chorus. Um, but he is vocalizing on that, which he doesn't do when he's on the con performing on stage. Okay. It is the same song, but yeah, you're right. It does sound different. Amazing but how does, he like, learns those up. lyrics in like 30 seconds before going down and performing Also the song. impressive, yeah. He's very talented. <laughs> They're very good with the flow. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, I appreciate in people, like, being able to go with the flow. <laughs> uh, what's her resolution to the f conflict? Is it that, like... So it's like that Austin is not just a one-time hit, which is, like, I guess important, which you pointed out, which I hadn't really, like, caught on to. But, like, what is it for the team? Is mm -hmm. it that they appreciate each other now more? And, like, they're like, oh, it's harder than we thought, or... Hmm. So, because Austin apologizes, sorry about giving you a hard time about the song. I was just nervous that maybe now no one knew who I was anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the resolution is actually Trish getting the people to come. Because then that gives Des 
a video to make that gives Austin hope for his career and that gives Allie a reason to write a better song. Okay. So I would say once that was in place, they all kind of fell into their respective roles yeah. and yeah. started getting along again. Again. Yeah. Yeah, I think I kind of wish it had, like, a deeper resolution of, like, oh, now we know, like, I don't know. Yeah. It takes more than a month to write a song, or, like, I have to be okay with not always being super popular, or, Mm -hmm. like, you know, which maybe is something that they play out more throughout the whole series or season, but for this episode, I was kind of like, they kind of feel like they're kind of in the same spot that they were in at the beginning, but now everything's okay because it worked out. Yeah. But I'm not sure, like, what would have happened... If it hadn't, like, worked out. So maybe, you know, they appreciate each other more or whatever, and that'll help them be a better team in the future. But I wasn't, like, quite sure, like, what the resolution to, like, some of the base problems about blaming each other were. Yeah. No, I agree. I'll get more into that when we get into the rankings. Cool. Cool. (laughs) Uh, Another defining moment I have is that we see a little bit more of the mall. So we see it, like, between cuts. We see, like, the outdoor, like, real ball that they filmed, Mm -hmm. you know, off off of set. And then at the very end, we see them hanging out at the mall fountain. At the time, it's a fountain. Uh, So that's, like, kind of a little bit foreshadowing of uh, the mall culture that will later be part of the story. (laughs) So I thought that was, you know, a big big deal. (laughs) That mall makes multiple appearances throughout the show. Like, other stores in the mall, too, especially since Trish has worked at all of them. It's true, yeah. It's like a massive mall, apparently. apparently. We'll, we'll get to see how many, like, you know, <laughs> mall stores there are. <laughs> Speaking of, is it time for Trish's job tally? Oh, it is! <laughs> Let me grab the board. We'll use a different color. Oh, no, that's the same color. We'll use a different color. Alright, uh, so I believe Trish just had two jobs. She had the, uh, the yo-yo job. And she had, uh, the, uh, uh, the clothes cleaning job. Was dry cleaning job. So, we're up to a total- Those toddlers are very crooked. <laughs> we're up to a total of seven now. So, Trish has had seven jobs. In two episodes. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I think Allie said that she had already had, like, five jobs before this, but I didn't put those on the tally because, you know, yeah. it's not canon, I guess. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, we have seen Trish have seven jobs <laughs> in these two episodes. Yes, I'm excited to see what she works at next. <laughs> yeah, I, I am too. I am as well. In the, uh... All right. Uh, we have a new segment for, for us. We have deep probing questions. <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> which is maybe, you know, uh, the first of which is what is Dez's shirt about in this episode? He, he's wearing a shirt that has a, do- that has a person with a dog head sitting in front of a window looking out on what looks like the White House? Uh, which I don't want to get political, so let's not get political. But I just was like, I don't understand, like, what's happening, like, you know, <laughs> with this shirt. And maybe there's no answer, but I wanted to try to understand it better. Either it's, this is, my, this is my thinking out loud as I'm trying to answer this. Either 
it's just a goofy looking shirt and Des is a goofy person so he wore it. Sure. Or he's secretly a mad genius. <gasps> what? And it represents something about his past. Mm. He was actually an undercover agent named Doghead. Wow. Who worked in the White House. That. Wow. Wow. It had like the secret building that looked out on the White House. Because I don't feel like there's an apartment that has that close a view of the White House. Exactly. <laughs> he was camping out at the Washington Monument. <laughs> or maybe it's like uh, the Little Rock Capitol has a White House that looks very similar to our national capital, as does uh, somewhere else I've been lately. Uh, Kansas City? Maybe Oklahoma City. <laughs> they both have very similar buildings to our national capital. <laughs> so, you know, maybe it's uh, one of those buildings, too. All right, good. I'm glad we got into that. But <laughs> uh, my, my other deep probing question I had was, uh, what time of the year are we in currently? Because they're not in school, I don't think. It doesn't, they don't appear to have, like, normal responsibilities. They have... This is true book club responsibilities and or job responsibilities uh so i wasn't sure i guess that i guess that must be we're in summer but i wasn't sure like if we knew more about what time of the year we were in you can never tell in miami <laughs> it's true i guess that's a good point because <laughs> people are at the beach but that seems to happen you know year round there yep and it's interesting too because um, I was looking it up, and I think these episodes originally aired in January? Yeah, I, I or the, yeah, the first one, I think, yeah, in, like, December 24th or something. And then, the uh, second one might have been in January. Yeah. But so, they definitely start, like, not in winter. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's winter. Maybe they're on Christmas break, and we can't tell. <laughs> Well, there's an awful dearth of twinkly lights for it to be Christmas break. If it's Christmas break, I'm disappointed. Oh, right. In Miami, if you're not decorated better. Yeah. Yes. Uh, also, do we know yet? Did Trish and Allie know each other from school? Do we know yet how they know each other? I know we find out later, but I wasn't sure if it had been established. No, I think it was just kind of taken for granted. Oh, look. Okay. These two girls the are same friends. The two boys are friends. Yeah, cool. All right, I'm cool with that. <laughs> uh, And this is, like, a last probing question I had. Is, like, why are they being so mean to each other? Because I get that's kind of funny, but I wasn't sure if there's, like, more of, like, a long, like, they're trying to set up that they're not the nicest to each other, and later on they, like, I don't know, girl or something. I wasn't sure if there's the deeper meaning to like them being mean to each other or if it's just like, that's the way people are sometimes. Like, Des is like, I wasn't accusing you of writing good lyrics. And like, you know, Des and Trish are always, obviously, you know, always kind of mean to each other. Yep. Uh, and Austin's kind of mean to Allie, which does play into the plot. But I wasn't sure if like, if this was just like a humor thing or if it's like a conflict thing. Uh... Or what, what the show was trying to do with that? I personally think that they're 
personally think it was a poor attempt at humor. Okay, cool. Cool. I accept that. <laughs> All right. Do you, do you have any deep probing questions, Abby? <laughs> Did those people ever get their picture taken with the kangaroo? Ooh, that's a good question. I think they must not have because Austin didn't know that, uh, that they'd come for the kangaroo at all by the end of the show. He still didn't know until Allie, like, you know, let it out of the bag later. So I think if everyone had been like, let's go take our picture with the kangaroo now, he would have picked up more on something. Maybe. So they kind of got ripped off a little bit. Seven bucks to see a guy you've never heard of before. <laughs> but they loved it. He was so good. He blew them away. Yes. False advertising, though. Just this. Yeah, no, I wonder if there are any legal ramifications for, for that. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that goes well to our quotes. Or, do you have any other deep, deep questions? No. Deep probing questions? No, I'm ready okay. for quotes. <laughs> Alright. Uh, one of the quotes being, uh, when Austin, uh, when they ask about the kangaroo and Austin's like, yeah. oh, he's all good. <laughs> it's fine. Thanks for your concern. <laughs> Which I thought was, uh, you know, was good. <laughs> I love that. I think that was probably my favorite moment of the entire episode because he, like, it just was so natural. It, yeah. it There's a lot of goofy affectedness in a lot of the acting in this show, which is part of its charm. But... Yeah. I thought that moment had great, like, oh, wow, you guys are so nice for caring about this kangaroo. Yeah, he's fine. Okay, now let's yeah. get to the song. And yeah. I just, I loved that. That was my favorite part of the episode. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate it, too. It seemed very much like a, like a positive thing that pop stars do sometimes, where it's like, oh, thanks for your concern. Like, you know, mm -hmm. like interacting with the audience in that way. Yes. Uh, I think in general, like the acting uh, from uh, Kayla Worthy and Rainy Rodriguez and Ross Lynch and Laura Marano, Laura Marano. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, everybody. <laughs> and Laura Marano uh, really carries this show, uh, like really carries this episode particularly, mm -hmm. uh, and how they read the lines and how they act with each other and all that. I think like really carries this this episode of the show. Uh. So I liked Austin's uh, book club, Cloaker Tree Camp. Now you're just making stuff up line. Thought that was pretty mm -hmm. good. <laughs> uh, then also from Austin, man, Allie, how are you so good at this game? <laughs> when uh, <laughs> Allie like, guesses things that are very obvious. Yeah. Uh, also, Austin's, or not, it's not Austin, it's Ralphie, the dog, the dog commercial guy. But uh, I appreciated, so good, a human can eat it. And then he has like this, slight gag like while he's <laughs> eating it which is very subtle but also like very very on point yes Allie co quotes from this episode are I went to calligraphy camp <laughs> they're like accusing her of having poor handwriting uh, she's like I have great handwriting it's because you rushed me yeah uh, 
I liked her uh, cute for Trisha's shoes. Like when Trisha's like, I char- overcharged so I could buy shoes. And Allie's response is like, they're so cute. Like she doesn't care mm-hmm. that like Trish took some of the money. She's like, oh, they're cute. Uh, we also have... Sorry. We also have, uh, uh-oh, that was a long well. What did you do? Uh, and for Allie talking to Trish. Which was- well. <laughs> Yeah, that was great. For Des, we have, uh, he laughed at Allie's accordion to my watch joke, uh, which isn't a quote, but it is very nice how he laughs and, like, pretends to cry and, like, thinks it's way too funny. Yep. Uh, So appreciate when Des smiles at his 20-pound hamburger trophy. Also not a quote, but, uh, Caitlin Worthy just, like, does this very, like, smooth, like, I'm very proud of this trophy. I'm smiling for a photo, like, Mm -hmm. face, which is, uh, very effective. Yes. So, this dog food is horrible <laughs> when he's eating the dog food. <laughs> yeah. And then Austin's uh, response to that, I don't want to be remembered as the guy who looks like the guy who sells horrible tasting dog food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, if he sold good tasting dog food, I wouldn't mind so much. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Des thinking, I like it when you kangaroo. <laughs> pretty good. Uh, we have lots of good Des lines this episode. Uh, when they're saying things like, the window, the jacket. And Des is like, the door. He's like, what's wrong with the door? Oh, I thought we were just naming things in the room. It's, uh, Very Des. Very Des. Uh, we also have anyone else craving toast right now. And he pulls out a toaster. <laughs> which is a nice... Uh, like, I don't know, like, maybe even a little bit of self-awareness in the show, like, I'm toast, I'm toast, no, I'm toast. Like, anyone else craving toast right now? Like, both kind of making fun of them saying it. Yep. Then also, like, Des having something random in his backpack. As always. <laughs> uh, then leaving a trail of mangoes, croutons, and fish chicks. Everyone knows that's how you uh, attract a kangaroo. And then a llama walks in. Mm-hmm. Also, also pretty good. Yep. Uh, and then... One of my favorite lines from the episode is when Des says, uh, they're trying to, like, uh, Austin's like, isn't the camera attached to, like, the kangaroo? This isn't, like, a funny quote. This is, like, a Blue's Clues Steve quote, where, like, Des says, yes, we can watch the live video feed and see where the kangaroo is. (laughs) But he does, like, such a good job, like, delivering the lines, like, wow, you could be, like, a, you could be Steve from Blue's Clues. Like, that was a very effective, like, (laughs) delivery of that line for, like, guiding children through, like, following the clues. <laughs> it was very smooth. <laughs> that was maybe my favorite line of the episode. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> I wish I had clipped it out, but I'm a little cautious. I don't, first, I don't know how to clip things out, but then I'm also a little bit cautious about, like, actually uh, clipping stuff from a TV show. <laughs> uh, and then Des is also like, that was not easy when he catches the camera. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I love the way uh, he said that. Like, we know that it's kind of goofy. Like, of course, it's not easy catching a kangaroo, but he's it. The way he delivers it is like he's underplaying how difficult it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really great delivery of all these lines. Yes. Yeah, and the lines might not work, but they're delivered so well they do work. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have a few good, tr- great Trish quotes. Uh, it's my first day and uh, probably my last. <laughs> is uh, really good for the, the yo-yos. 
Uh, and then also when she's panicking about uh, the jacket being in the, the caramel or caramel, mm-hmm. as I say, she says, I could lose my job, which I don't care about, which I thought was very, uh, <laughs> very funny. Uh, and then also, right, I bet there's some sort of jacket cleaning machine where it's very obvious that Trish does not know anything about her job. <laughs> like, oh, I work in a dry cleaner. I don't know how to clean this jacket, but I bet there's something there that we can use. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then also later when Allie says something about like, I bet we could put it in the washer. And Trish is like, oh, right. She just looks so concerned. It's like very much like, <laughs> <laughs> very much. She just seems so out of it. Uh, it was, I don't know, it was <laughs> yeah. All right, I think that's most of my most of my quotes. But <laughs> any uh, lingering thoughts? Um. No, I think those were all the quotes that I had. Nope. Cool. Well done. Uh, let's see. Looking through my notes. Oh, uh, did you notice the dry cleaners store? The name of the dry cleaning store? No, I did not. What was it called? Clothes Encounter. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard to read. <laughs> Like, I was like, I bet this is named something. And it's like, I watched the episode a few times. And it wasn't until, like, the third time that I was like, oh, look, it says close encounter. <laughs> so, and I'd been trying for a while to read it. So it's very subtle, but it is called close encounter, which is a, a nice attention. I wonder detail. if there is someone whose job was just to come up with the punny names <laughs> for these things. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure all of the stores that we encounter also have... <laughs> Ridiculous pun names like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I appreciate how this one, like, it never really came up. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just, like, something in the background that you yourself had to notice. It was there, but it wasn't, like, mm-hmm. you know, ever pointed out or anything. Clothes encounter. Uh, I also liked the, the Warren dialogue with Allie. Warren, the window fixer. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he comes in and he's like, oh, it's probably not going to be that bad. He looks at, whoa, this is bad. This is bad. <laughs> I thought that worked like surprisingly well. Mm-hmm. Like, and then Allie does it too. So I, uh, I enjoyed that. <laughs> uh, I don't think Warren ever comes back, but, uh, I, I enjoyed his, uh, his brief entry. <laughs> yeah. This is, um, a random bit of fun information for all you Ooh. listeners. It is a known TV trope that when you're talking about large sums of money in a TV show, that someone writes it down and then someone else reads it and just says, oh, wow, that's a lot of money. And you actually have no idea how much money they're talking about. The two instances where I've noticed that happening are in Friends and The Sweet Life on Deck or in Sweet Life on Zack and Cody. Um, I've noticed that a few times, but the two that I can remember are from those two shows. And I got curious as to why they do that. And it's to, for multiple reasons. One, because the amount of money is irrelevant. What's important is that it's a lot. And two, mm-hmm. to keep the show from um, aging itself as inflation mm-hmm. goes up. Yeah. So the thing that I thought oh, was interesting. interesting about this episode is that we know that it's $500. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, at first they just write it down, and yeah. then like in the next scene, like we get the actual amount. Yeah. So they have the trope, and then they are like, <laughs> okay, now that we've written it down, and you're like, uh, I hate that. Why do people write down numbers? No one does this in real life. It's like, I need $500 to fix the window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which seems like a reasonably high price to fix a window. It does, yeah, and it seem it does seem like a lot of money when you're like a high school student. Are they yeah. high school? When you're a high school student as well. Yeah, no kidding. Even though Allie's working all the time, so really, like, I don't know if she's getting paid or not by her frugal dad, but it seems like you know <laughs> he should be able to cover it. Uh, oh, one random thought I had, which I don't like to, like, end on, but, like, I didn't, or lingering thought, I didn't like how, like, uh, it goes into Ranky a little bit. I didn't like how people laughed at getting hurt, like, I wrote down the all throughout this thing. episode. I wrote down yeah. the same thing. That bothered me. Yeah. So, like, you have it with the guy, uh, who's looking for the eye doctor, which is kind of funny, because, like, you know, he runs into something. But then, like, even that's, like, kind of at its base, like, oh, let's laugh at people who can't see and run into things. It's like, uh, I don't know if that's, like, the best takeaway. But then more so, like, with the kangaroo, mm-hmm. uh, hurting, uh, Dez is kind of funny. But then, like, the dad at the end is, like, really, like, beat up. And they're just like, oh, it's so funny, like, how he's getting beat up by a kangaroo. It's like, uh, I mean, it's kind of funny, but, like... I don't know. I didn't. I I didn't appreciate it. No, I also did not think that was funny. I thought it was. I mean, I'm one of those people who does laugh when people step on a rake. Sure. Yeah. I love America's Funniest Home Videos. But yeah, something about the like getting beaten up by a kangaroo and the guy who ran into the wall after being told it's not the eye doctor. And I think part of it was, like, Trish was laughing so hard at Des being beaten up. She's like, I never want this to stop. And I'm like, okay, but is is it that funny? Right. And then yeah. when they show the footage, like, because they didn't, most of what we see is people laughing at it, which is not usually in itself very funny. But then when they show the footage, it's also not funny. Yeah, this this looks, like, so <laughs> Like all it is. <laughs> exactly. Are you okay? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It seems like there is one other. There's all. Oh, and also like the uh, the face puncher at the end, like chases Des to beat him up. It's like it's just like a lot of it as well. Like a lot of like violence is funny. Like I don't yeah. know. Like a lot. Not even violence, but like being cruel to others is funny. Which I was like. I it's funny in this way that you're representing it. It just seems kind of cruel and not that funny. Yes. Uh, but no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, any other lingering thoughts before we move into ranking? I thought the part where Des signed his autograph for eating the twenty pound hamburger and ketchup was random. <laughs> I can't decide (laughs) if I think it's funny or if I think it's stupid. But what I do know is that it's random. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I thought it was kind of funny. Like, I didn't, I don't know if I really laughed this this time, but I think maybe in the past I laughed. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
I don't know. It's well, also, everyone else thought it was so gross. <laughs> That's true. This is, this is an example of Des being too dedicated to the joke. He needs to pull back a little bit yes. and respect people more. Yes. But, uh, you know, <laughs> he is dedicated to the joke. If nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what's your uh, your ranking for this episode, Abby? Out of nineteen, mm. say eighteen. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, um, a lot of the humor in this episode fell flat to me. Yeah, and I thought there was not a sufficient amount of Austin and Allie interacting and Des and Trish interacting. The vast majority of the episode was Des with Austin and Trish with Allie. Hmm. Which is how the first episode started, and I wanted to see them start to be more of a team and have more connections with each other than just their original pairings. Um, I do love Billion Hits. It's the only reason this episode is not at 19, and also I'm sure there's an episode that I dislike more than this one. Um... But they omitted my favorite lyrics from that song. True. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So. That. Oh, and the. um. When Face Puncher comes in to get his jacket the first time and it's not ready because Trish misread the ticket. He said, well, I'm coming back at eight and Mad Dog's going to be with me. And Mad Dog hates waiting. Like, oh, okay. So this is like his wrestling partner or something. And then it turns out to be his daughter. Like, his daughter comes in in this tutu. She's like, Daddy, hurry up. You know I hate waiting. And then he's like, hold on a second, Mad Dog. I've got a situation here. And that that line just seemed very forced. Also, not funny. And I'm like, who, even if you're a pro wrestler, names their daughter Mad Dog? <laughs> it's just a nickname, but Yeah. <laughs> And so I didn't think that was as funny as they evidently thought it was either. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna give this an 18. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and to clarify, I should have explained this at the beginning. But to clarify for our audience who might not have heard our great explanation on our first episode, uh, the ranking, a good, the best ranking is one out of 19. The worst ranking is 19 out of 19. So 18 out of 19 is a pretty, uh, pretty low ranking. Uh. Yes. And I. I am also going to go with a very low ranking. I might even, I might say 19 out of 19. Uh, just because, like, I really found, like, the the violence humor, like, I found it very, like, I don't know. I found it disturbing, I guess. Yes. Like, it, it bothered me. Um, there are lots of great moments, like, lots of great quotes. Uh, we get a little bit into, like, how they uh, interact together, but I also thought like the plot was a little bit all over the place. Like I like the premise of like there's this conflict, but I wasn't exactly sure how it resolved. Mm -hmm. um, it just kind of felt like a little bit choppier. So lots of great moments. I appreciate them like incorporating the animals. I thought that was kind of funny, but it's also kind of random. So uh, I still enjoyed the episode, but I think it's one of my least favorite episodes. My my least favorite episode from the season. We'll see if it actually is, but I think <laughs> it's going to be my least favorite episode <laughs> from the season. So, yeah. I respect that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what would you like to plug? 
for this week, Abby? This week, I would like to plug Sunny with a Chance. Uh, there were two seasons of that show. It was a Disney Channel original show starring Demi Lovato about a girl from Wisconsin who makes it to Hollywood and is on a hit comedy show for teens. Great show, great cast, great comedy. Um, it only had two seasons. And this, this is my theory. It's not confirmed. But I think they filmed the first episode of the third season before Demi Lovato. The reason they didn't finish it is because Demi Lovato went into rehab. And so they changed the third and fourth season into So Random, which was the comedy show that the girl from Wisconsin ends up on. So instead of filming a show about that show, they just filmed that show. I know, it's convoluted. Yeah. Um, and So Random was okay. Not nearly as good as Sunny with a Chance, though. The characters are great. Um, the rivalry with Mackenzie Falls, which is the teen drama that films in the same studio, was great. <laughs> uh, like I said, the casting was great. Demi Lovato has great comedic timing and delivery. Um, anyway, I loved that show when it was on, and I recently rediscovered it. I found it on the internet. Don't ask me where. I can't give you my source. The first volume is on DVD, and I have that, but they didn't release the rest of it on DVD. So, if you know anyone who recorded it, and, like, has it, or anything like that, um, see if you can find it and check it out. Great show, great characters, Cheney forever, and that's my plot. Aww. Uh... What's your point? to Austin and Alley. Do you know where uh do you know where people can find and watch Austin and Alley if they want to watch along with us? Because I've bought it on iTunes. I know you can buy it on DVD as well for cheaper. Uh but is it currently on Hulu? Yes, it's true? on Hulu. Okay. Alright, just FYI people. And you can also find it on Disney Channel sometimes still. I don't know how often it plays now, but it still comes up. <laughs> uh Oh, for my plug, I would like to plug uh, Blink-182's album Neighborhoods, which came out in 2011. So I've been listening to it uh, this week. So it's veering more toward the music side of teen, more teen than tween, maybe, culture. Uh, but it has some really nice songs on it. I really like After Midnight and uh, also Kaleidoscope. Uh, so that is my plug uh, for this week. I've been listening to it while I drive to work a lot. Uh, where can people find you on uh, social media, Abby? Um, you can find me on Facebook, and you can follow me on Twitter at Abby Keteje, which is Spanish for Abby Who Knits. I forgot to mention that last time. Oh, nice. Um, so that's capital A-B-B-Y-Q-U-E, capital T-E-J-E. Like I said, it's Spanish. Um. Yeah, that's it. I don't have Instagram or Snapchat or anything like that. Cool. Yeah. And I'm just going to plug our podcast, which is at Abily Always for Ab Abby and Emily. Uh, we spelled that A-B-I-L-Y. So at Abily Always on Twitter. And you can email us at oshleyalways at gmail.com with any questions uh, and thoughts. Uh, be sure to give us a review on iTunes. That helps our listenership a lot. Uh, and then. I have 
a way for us to say farewell, Abby, that I thought of. Oh, good. Uh, what is it? So it's Latin for better together <laughs> based on a future Austin Halley song. So I don't know if you actually know Latin. So this is just like a Google translated version. So this could be bad grammar, uh, but it's Melius Simul. So better together. Melius Simul. Melius Simul. Oh, Melius Simul to you <laughs> and to our audience. <laughs> we are better together. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Uh, I like it. <laughs> Alright, so uh Melius Samul to all you listeners out there and to you, Abby. And uh And to you as well, Emily. Duh. Thanks. <laughs> we'll see you later. <laughs> Bye everyone. Anywhere and anywhere.